Welcome to Ebtide Wellness, where you learn mindfulness-based techniques to help you meet the flow of your life. Here, we authentically explore what is going on within us to best meet what is happening around us. There's no stopping life, but we can meet it no matter what the tide. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Rupp, inviting you to be Ebtide Well. Hello, welcome to Ebtide Wellness, the podcast. I am Dr. Heather Rupp, here today to talk about habits with the invitation to live more consciously. Today, I want us to wake up to the scripts, the programs, and all the unconscious thinking and directives that are going on within us and really guiding the majority of our behaviors and life. So for better or worse, we've got some automation going on. And today is our opportunity to shed some awareness on that and either reprogram, (laughs) decide to make some updates or keep what is working. So habits basically are the things that we have learned to do with efficiency. So habits are not a bad thing, they're amazing. And our capacity to learn is one of our greatest gifts as humans. You know that movie, um, 50 First Dates, it's one of my favorite, but poor Drew Barrymore has to wake up every day and she doesn't remember the days before. So everything is like, who is this person? I don't know what happened yesterday. I don't know where I'm in my life. And that's an incredibly inefficient way to live life. Um, And also, I mean, a little bit cool because like every day you have beginner's mind and you see things freshly. The balance between efficiency and adaptability with the um, strength of our learning system and um, present moment awareness where we do see things freshly. So we don't want to be completely new humans every day and try to figure out how to work the coffee maker or make our breakfast or how to get the kid to school. Um, That would lead to very interesting times if that was the case. So it's super helpful that we can just half awake, you know, get the coffee going, get in the shower, or that we can drive, you know, wherever we're going to work or school without having to bring out the map or the GPS. This allows us to just be constantly able to bring in efficiency again. But the problem happens when we just become these robots. So rather than really being aware of where our behavior is coming from, instead we've got these frameworks, we've got these perspectives, and we've got all these past experiences driving how we're meeting our current experience that may not really reflect what's true for us today or what's most serving us today. And it also does minimize our participation in the present moment when we go on complete autopilot, that's why the mindfulness approaches of, you know, mindful eating, remembering what it tastes like to have a strawberry when you eat slowly, eating chocolate with attention, these things that we do out of habit, eating food, one of them, um, and bringing conscious, deliberate attention to those really is where we find joy in life. So if we're living completely in habit, we do lose that innocence that, like I said, beginner's mind and the joy that comes from being curious and interested in every moment of your life. So let's find out today which habits 
are are great. They're keeping us safe. They're keeping us secure. They've built a, a framework in which we can navigate the world. But we use these frameworks and structures that are programmed within us so that we can keep living, not stop living. And some of these habits are actually not just sort of numbing us, but they're actually more destructive. And they might be perpetuating patterns of relating or behaving or thinking that are not keeping us safe and secure, but are keeping us stuck. Because let's think about it. When did most of our habits become developed? Well, most of our habits, the really deep ones about how we um, respond to threat or um, how we manage our emotions or how we have our self-worth, these really deep habits, most of them came from childhood. And no offense to our, our inner children, but we aren't the most capable as children in making highly, broadly informed, wise, and um, and long-term patterns that will serve us as a 30 or 40 or 80-something. So when we made these conditioned habits as a child, we had a limited understanding and capacity. So if we're still working through those habits, which most of us are at a very deep level, then we're not taking advantage of ourselves as adults and what we're really capable of. So you can think about something as a child that made you uncomfortable. Um, I had this like great uncle that always wanted a kiss on the cheek before I said goodbye. And it was incredibly inappropriate now that I look back at it and made me so uncomfortable as a child. And I didn't know how to handle the situation. And so I would just avoid him at every family gathering. And I stressed about it. And as a child, it just really made me, because I was helpless, I, I, I didn't feel I could ask for help. I don't know why. But as a child, the habit that got conditioned was if someone wants something from you that you're not comfortable of, just avoid them because that's, you know, the capability I had at that point. Now, as an adult, if someone makes me uncomfortable, I don't avoid them, <laughs> but I assert my rights and demand that the behavior does not continue because I can as an adult, as a child, no, I wasn't able to. So embracing where we have grown up brings back our sovereignty and updates our lives so that we are living in our power. So we're living in the learning and experience that has happened where we know we have other options than the limited scripts that may have been programmed during times of fear or threat, which are also not good times of perspective. And so if your programming within you is primarily directed at keeping you safe and not feeling threatened or vulnerable, and when you're primarily learning as a child how to interact with the world, well, then most of us have some scripts that are not going to let us take risks or evolve or take chances and believe in bigger things that are really where our lives could go. So if there's a place in your life that you feel stuck, it's very likely it's because there's some inner habit that you're unconscious of that has been running the show within you for quite some time. 
And the beauty of mindfulness, it's not about doing, it's about seeing. So when we take the opportunity to say, hey, is there a habit in which I've just learned to respond to situations or people or threats or hopes? You know, some of us, when we think about something we want, our habit is actually to say from the inner critic, no, but you can't have that. You're not good enough for that. It'll never work out. I mean, I know so many people whose negative thinking is a habit. How sad. A habit of, oh, that would be so amazing, but it's not going to work out for this reason or this reason or this reason. That's a habit of mind. That's a habit of mind that might be keeping you safe, but it's also keeping you small. So let's look at our habits. And first of all, we're going to begin by introspecting. Is there a place Is there a place in your life that you feel stuck? A relationship, a job, just a joylessness. You can feel how that feels in your body. You can notice the energetics that come with us. Feeling stuck doesn't feel good. And for most of us, it's easy to believe the external is what's keeping us stuck but that's not the case it's our internal programming so as you're considering this place in your life that you feel stuck i want you just to sit for a moment with the possibility that there are some thought patterns habit thought patterns that are related to this. So just breathe into the thinking mind in relation to the stuck place and notice what you tell yourself in regards to this life situation. What do you tell yourself about what's possible for you? What do you tell yourself about what's practical, what your role is? What do you tell yourself about what you're supposed to do? Habits of mind, habits of roles, habits of all the ways we learned from other people's responses, particularly as children when we're learning what it means to be good or accepted or part of our community when people smile at us if if more if we adapt to being a good girl as a little girl or if your wild side as a little boy, you know, just gets smothered and you really just want to be a punk rocker, but you're told again and again, that's bad and punished for that. Well, as an adult, fuck them. No more habits created by other people wanting to be what suited them. What suits you? No more habits telling yourself where your life is supposed to go. Wake up and realize that you every day can begin to live your life as your own because it is your own. So notice the habits that are keeping you stuck. It's habits of mind and it's not your fault. We all did things to adapt and survive as children. And then even, you know, entering the workforce, all these developmental stages, it makes sense. You want to learn the rules 
and you want to play along for your, you know, your benefit. And that's cool. But then we get the choice to say, well, where is this actually not in my best interest? Where do I have internal scripts that need to be updated or deleted or even amplified? If you've got a script that says I can do anything and every day is a new opportunity, well, let that script be the main one. There's a quote by Warren Buffett. He says, chains of habit are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. Where you weigh down, where you have heaviness, these are habits, habits of heart that might just be used to being broken or not in the habit of opening. Habits of body, if you've got shoulder or back or muscle tension, your body might be in the habit of defending its existence or holding itself in stress. Habits of mind we've talked about. We don't need to stay stuck in the habits that no longer are helpful for us. And again, it's nothing to do. It's not like, oh my gosh, now I've got to do all these things. The beauty of mindfulness is just the noticing and then things change. So if you just notice the tension you're holding in your shoulders, because we all are, it will probably naturally relax. You didn't have to do anything. You just saw, you woke up and said, oh my gosh, I'm just holding my shoulders tight right now. And the shoulders were like, yeah, let's stop doing that. New script. That's why yoga is so wonderful or these embodied movement practices because you get to come into your body in a new way if you're being connected and embodied. You use mindfulness as a way to see and to feel what's going on within us. It's like peeling back the curtain and seeing who's driving your life. So these habits that serve us make our life more joyful, more easeful, more purposeful. But the majority of our habits are simply limiting us. And so how we get out of habits is mindfulness, but there's also really cool ways like um, like going on vacation. I just went on vacation and um, it was like a guided group thing, which I don't usually do. So I was really just under the structure of, you know, someone else's <laughs> hive mind, which was very good for me because I have habits of I do this and then I do this and then my day is this and da, da, da. Um, but someone else created the structure. And so my habits were not maintained and I got to see which ones served me and which ones did not. Um, in this situation, it was on a boat. And so I couldn't hike. And those of you guys who know me know that I am like a dog and I have to be walked every day. And so I noticed that not having the availability of my habit to walk was difficult for me and it reinforced that habit for me but my sort of fear of what if I don't walk what if I don't walk was also a habit I had to come to terms with and just say what if you just relax or what if you just chill out and sit on the on the chair and read a book in the sunshine you know so we see habits and we can say where's the ground in which it's something beneficial. And where is it just so ingrained that I'm afraid to stop? 
and not see alternative ways of being. Um, on this trip, uh, sometimes habits get disrupted, not by um, pleasurable or chosen things, but I also got COVID. Uh, yeah, I think anyone who's gotten COVID is aware that it really disrupts your life and habits or any illness. Um, and that can be one of the hardest things is when you get sick, you can't be what you have um, sort of scripted your life and self to be for better or worse. And so, again, with COVID, I couldn't um, really do anything because I was exhausted. And so it was like another message of saying, hey, your habits aren't really super restorative sometimes. It really just showed me I could have more of a habit of being a little bit easier on my body and finding more restorative embodiment at times versus the go, go, go that I've gotten the habit of doing. Okay, so yeah, we get disruptions in our life that disrupt our habits, whether it's a purposeful, great one of a vacation where you're like no more habit of driving to work in traffic, but today my habit is getting up and kayaking and sipping coffee for an hour or whatever your vacation is. Um, yeah, take those habit changers, habit disruptors, very seriously go away for a weekend and see what it's like to not have your phone you know turn off the tv if that's something you just out of habit do or put on habit disruption is a great way for us to say what works what doesn't work for the person i am now when we can be deliberate about it and habits will be disrupted out of your conscious volition because life intercedes particularly where we are not living in our full purpose. So if something challenging comes at you, in addition to dealing with you know, the emotional difficulty of that, can you also notice where it's disrupting habits in a way that gives you the chance to say, oh, I see that I really have this habit that's being disrupted. I wonder if that's a habit that I should foster in the future or can learn that needs to be modified. And again, I'm talking about the way your mind works. Do you go to self-judgment? Do you go to victimization? Do you go to judging others? Do you go to negative thoughts? Do you do a Pollyanna, everything is always perfect? We all have habits of thought. None are a problem that we have to be like judgmental about, but we see them. If you're someone who can't let your thoughts go in any negative direction, when it's true, well, then that needs to be modified. A habit of seeing only roses and sunshine when there's real grief that you need to tend to is not serving you. Habits of body. How is body being treated? How is body being felt? These habits of illness or pain or of assuming your body is a healthy one or a sick one or I can't climb that mountain one or I can't do that thing. I'm an old body. You know what? How does body been put into a box or labels? Or how is body holding itself? How is body being fueled and treated out of habit? Habits of heart. Our hearts get so conditioned to be shut or open or overly codependent or overly independent or to not be able to feel emotion or to over identify with emotions, to say things like, I am depressed. 
No, you're not depressed. That's not who you are. Depression's present. We get in habits of heart, feeling a certain way. Some people don't know how to be anything but upset. Happiness is a habit they've never had the luxury of, so they don't change it. It's scary to change habits, even if it's better for you. And habits of heart, body, and mind, these become habits in your life. All of these show up in the symptoms or the outcomes of how you're living your life. So when we notice our behaviors in life, how you treat people, how you treat yourself, the way you structure your days, the way you allow work-life balance, the what you choose at the grocery store, you know, how you relate to politics, all these ways we show up in life are job choices. These are reflections of the habits within you that don't have to keep going. We need to know which habits are serving us, which are limiting us, and that's how our lives and behaviors change. So if you're someone who has a habit that you want to change, you know, quitting smoking, eating less, um, drinking less, meditating more, it doesn't work by telling yourself to do it and rationalizing the structure. It never lasts. Top-down behavior modification does not work. It becomes too dependent on forcing yourself to do something. You have to go bottom up. And what I mean by that is to notice the emotionally based habit scripts within you that are driving the behavioral habit that you want to modify. And once you can work with that, then the behavior changes. So if you're trying to work on an addiction, don't worry so much about the behavior. Come inside and notice how you feel when the behavior is necessary for you. And then you work on healing that feeling, noticing where that came from and see what happens from there. And the thoughts that come with that, with your behaviors. If you notice that your behaviors, you're just not doing that thing, noticing the thoughts that surround that behavior. Are they self-deprecating? Are they inner critic? Are they doubtful? So let's talk about creating new patterns. It's not just sitting down one day and deciding I'm going to live different. You know, you go on vacation and your patterns get disrupted and everyone says, oh, at home, I'm going to do this. At home, I always do this. Oh, my gosh. I go to a meditation retreat and then you get up at like five in the morning. You meditate every morning. It's wonderful. Your retreat, though. But I always say to myself, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. every day when I get home. I never do. I'm not a morning person. Like, it's never going to happen. <laughs> but you can make behavioral changes by starting one little thing. So I do try to get up as early as is physiologically helpful for me. And I do that just maybe by an extra 20 minutes, not two hours. And the rest follows. You're interrupting the script on a daily basis. So the big thing out there you want to change, start by doing a little behavioral modification and a lot of insight on what's driving the big behavior. And then once you can do the little baby step, all the other steps will follow. So if you want to lose weight, just start by cutting out one thing. We're doing one exercise. You don't have to run a marathon. You can walk around the block at lunch. Little things add up to big things. 
And it comes from a change of how we relate to ourselves from the patterns we've established deep within us. So let's do a little meditation, which is a great space in which we can connect to the habits that have been driving us. Finding now whatever posture or situation is available to you, where you are grounded. You might want to roll the shoulders or take some deep exhales. Maybe you can close the eyes or just lower the gaze. And then just allow yourself to come into the moment completely. We're on such automation. So notice what it feels like to be in this body. Like you've never been in body before. Just feel what it's like to have arms. Feel the weight of hands, the energy that's coursing through belly. Allow yourself just to sense for a few moments embodiment, having a body. emotions, not just letting them roll through you, but having a curious interest in the energy you're carrying of the heart. Is there a joy or a love held? Or is there something resistant or sad? Bring ourselves into what this moment actually holds, not what the past held or not what we expect the future to, but holding yourself now in present awareness. Mind, noticing the mind, how it's got these scripts that are just constantly going in the background. Some of these scripts are helpful. The majority are not. Just seeing the voices in your head, the ones that might be your parents, your teachers, society that sort of indoctrinated the mind, the thoughts that aren't yours, but are habits changing your behavior. You can't change those by doing anything, but we can see what's happening allow them to be there and then just hold space for ourselves to adapt to the environment we are living in to the person we have become to the situation that is here now not that was let's find the stability of the breath to support this open awareness just allowing yourself to sense into how it feels to inhale Allow yourself to sense into how it feels to exhale. Notice how this breath brings you in the present moment and isn't stuck in patterns of how it breathed before or how it was told to breathe, but allow the breath to show you how the breath just lives in the moment as is needed in the way that most serves it. The breath draws in 
when it needs more. The breath releases when it's got more to let go of. The breath is automatic. We don't have to learn how to breathe in every moment. But the behavior of the breath, it can flow and adapt and meet us exactly where we are. With the teacher of the breath, noticing the thought mind, does it flow in this manner? Can it be in the present to adapt with creativity and wisdom and insight, or is it held prisoner by scripts, voices, habits of thinking, judging? See those and just allow room for the shift to occur by noticing. Same way, let's connect to body. Breathing into body, feeling where it's held in the past. That's where tension comes from, illness. Holding habits of past. Allowing the body just to be soft and to open into the present. Without the habits of holding or habits of reacting, maybe the body has some places in which it can shift. Releasing the habits. Coming into a fresh integrated, available perspective. Heart. Does the heart inhabit of defense or overshare? Wherever the habit of heart has just taken you out of your truth, your purpose, your capacity to love in the way that's true for you. Feel how heart, too, can be opened and allowed space to shift what's needed, whether it's healing or boundaries or just connection. Finally, just hold yourself in this freshness, this awakeness of saying, oh, I see. I see the levers and the pulleys that are going on within me. And I can see with fresh eyes now where I can put more attention into fresh scripts and notice when I want to leave others behind. In doing this, you realize there is a new path for you. The scripts, the conditioning, it's taken you on a path that's no longer yours. Whether it's a subtle shift or a huge change of direction, allow yourself now to release the scripts and open up to what's your new path when it's you directing. Close with a poem called Start Close In by David Witt. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third, start with the first. 
Start with the first thing close in, the step you don't want to take. Start with the ground you know, the pale ground beneath your feet, your own way of starting the conversation. Start with your own questions. Give up other people's questions. Don't let them smother something simple. To find another's voice, follow your own voice. Wait until that voice becomes a private ear listening to another. Start right now. Take a small step. You can call your own. Don't follow someone else's heroics. Be humble and focused. Start close in. Don't mistake that other for your own. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing close in. The step you don't want to take. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I will see you next time. Be well. Thank you so much for listening and showing up, not just for this podcast, but for yourself. To dive deeper with me, check out my website at ebtidewellness.com and learn about personal wellness coaching opportunities and events. If this episode resonated with you, why not share it with someone else who you think might connect with it? I'll see you next week. In the meantime, be ebtide well.